Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2-gram net carb herb croissant or the 1-gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o dot c-o. Do you manage or own a company? Are you hiring? And do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? I'm a business owner and I know just how challenging it can be to find the perfect hire for the right position. And posting your job in just one or two places is usually not enough to find quality candidates these days. I speak from experience. You need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus sites, including social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter, all with just one click. You can find candidates in any city, any industry. Just post once and watch your candidates roll in through ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. You don't have to juggle crazy emails or appointments anymore. Just quickly screen and organize your candidates and hire the perfect person fast. Give it a go. Right now, you can post your jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com yoga. That's ZipRecruiter.com yoga. Try it for free. One more time. Go to ZipRecruiter.com yoga. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Today, I have a super duper mega special guest on the show, someone who you know well, but who's been a little bit reluctant to come and record this podcast with me. I have Dennis, my husband and baby daddy. Welcome to the show, babes. Hello. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Let me start over. No, we can't start over. Okay. Hi. Hi. So, uh, how does it feel to be on the podcast? I don't know. I'm a little nervous, to be honest. Mostly because you're bouncing the baby. (laughs) She's about to cry any second. Well, we we decided to keep this very real. Um, We don't have a babysitter. Our only trusted babysitter is my mom, and she's not in Aruba. Mom, if you're listening, come back. Help. Um, so I'm uh, yeah bouncing the baby right now. She looks like a chipmunk with her chubby cheeks. But let's go with the flow. If she cries, we'll we'll roll with it. So uh, you are the most requested guest on this show. Wow! How does that feel? <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I guess it's an honor. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Why have you been so reluctant? Why are you reluctant to? Reluct- but I don't understand what you mean with reluctant. In what way? Like you didn't want to come on the show. I'm a boring guy. Like I don't know. I I like your like past guest that you had. So, like I'm the average Joe. I I I don't know why, why people would want to listen to me. To be honest. 
But I think that's why, you know, you're, you're the behind the scenes guy and uh, there's a little mystery around you because you don't like to be in the, in the limelight, I guess. I, we asked the social media to ask us some questions and they're just pouring in like hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of questions. So um, for everybody listening right now, so we are at Island Yoga in my office. I'm bouncing a baby who doesn't want to sleep. We're drinking coffee and uh, we're taking questions live from Instagram um, right now. So one of the most requested things or one of the you know most asked questions that we got <laughs> is what is it like being married to Yoga Girl? <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how to answer that. <laughs> um, normal, I guess. The same it would be not to be married to your girl. I don't know. It's I. I think we have a very normal life. I don't think we have a very. I don't think our life is so much in the spotlight as everybody seems to think. I think we have a pretty good, solid, private life as well. I mean, we do. I think that's what people mean when they ask that question. Like, what is it like to be in the in the spotlight that way? Uh, what people maybe don't understand or don't see as much as we live on this tiny island where there are no people. And what's good about Aruba is people don't generally give a shit <laughs> about anything. But I guess when we're, I guess the question is when we're out and about or if we're touring or we're doing big classes or, you know, these big public things, what's what's that like for you? Because you are a really private guy. Yeah, it's it's fun. Like I feel like only when we're in the states, um, there is like a little bit of a a celebrity, a mini celebrity status around you, where where people are very excited to see you and sometimes get a little emotional. But uh, everywhere else we uh, we travel, I feel like everyone is. I don't know. Maybe it's something in the states that people are very more. They're a lot more open to to show how they feel compared to Sweden where people are more closed and they point from a distance maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I don't prefer one or the other. I think, I think they're both fine. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I guess, yeah, it is what it is. It doesn't really bother you. No, not at all. Have you ever had a, yeah, a bad experience? If, can you remember something that is not great about this, you know, social media circus? No, like we've had, we've had some interesting experiences. I would say uh, maybe in one of one or two of your or your workshops, but not bad. I would say it's just people get over. Some people get overly excited and yeah, act a little bit, <laughs> act a little different. I would say diplomatically, a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I would say. I mean, what about something that comes to mind for me right away? Uh, what about people showing up at our house? Yeah, that that was weird for me. Like, I, I that it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. Like, you got you got scared, I guess. You got you felt a little unsafe because our our gate didn't have a lock. Uh, and then, yeah, the next day we went. We got a house alarm. We got locks for the gates uh, to bust people in which in Aruba you actually never really need. But yeah, that was the only thing. That was maybe the only exper experience. Yeah, we've had, I mean, we have overwhelmingly positive, positive vibes, I feel. I mean, that's... Hello, baby. Uh, hi. <laughs> she has her whole fist in her mouth. Right now. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's why we opened Island Yoga, I feel. That was kind of a way to give people space to come and visit us here in an open 
open way versus showing up at our house, which yeah, really freaks me out. So for if you're listening, the 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 fun thing about me and Dennis is we're very similar in a lot of ways. I feel like we have a lot, I mean, huge things in common, but we're also super, super different as people. I mean, really yeah. <laughs> different as people. Yeah. Like, I don't mind being the center of attention. I don't mind, you know, being on stage, doing these big things, talking in public. Dennis really prefers to be the behind the scenes guy. But I guess that's why people are asking, like, what is it like, you know, from Dennis's side? What does Dennis do? That's a question we get a lot. I ask myself that question all the time, too. <laughs> what do I do? What do you do? I have no clue. <laughs> like, one minute I'm making a coffee, the next minute I'm taking out a trash, and the next time I'm writing everybody's salaries check. So I have no clue what I do. <laughs> but if you had to label it, you know? Uh, if someone asks you, if someone asks you, well, what do you do for a living? What do you, what do you say? Well, well, this is funny. Well, not funny. But every time you go to the States, the... The what's the guy's name? Not the guy's name, but the person that checks your passport. The TSA people. The TSA or the immigration people from the states. We have them in Aruba before we clear for customs, and uh, they ask me, "What do you do for a living, sir?" And I honestly don't know what to answer them. I always say something else. One day I'm a I'm a yoga teacher. The other day I work as a clerk, a retail clerk in the shop. I just say one of those things and. Still to this day, when someone asks me what I do, I, I'm, I'm still confused. We, we do a lot of stuff together. We have a bunch of businesses. And, but what do I do? That's a good question. Would you call yourself an entrepreneur? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Do you, do you feel I'm an entrepreneur? What do I do as an entrepreneur-esque <laughs> I mean, you run your own businesses. Yeah. We run our own businesses together. I mean, you, from the outsider's object, uh, perspective, you are a yoga studio owner. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could say that. You're a yoga studio <laughs> owner. You're an entrepreneur. We have four businesses. How many companies? Five, I maybe? think four in Aruba. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we have businesses that operate. We have one in the, two in the States couple in Aruba, one Sweden, in Sweden, one, one in, in Estonia. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we have a lot of stuff going on. Our uh, team of people, we're like at 30, 35 people. And technically, you're at the top of all of these people. So you're managing these big things. But on a day-to-day -day basis, like what did we do today? Okay, we've been bouncing a baby all day. We yeah. made coffee in the cafe. <laughs> Two. Two coffees in the cafe. Yeah, wrote some checks, made sure that things were good behind the scenes. We have our whole team now a couple doors down in the office um, planning our next upcoming retreat, which is which is big. So, I mean, a lot of stuff happens, but in the daily, you know, what do we do? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like you said, a lot of stuff happens, but at the day, like we had this conversation, I think, a few months ago when I was making my um, email signature to, uh, to put a title in and... I ask everyone in the team to come up with a title for me and no one could. Yeah. So you're, you're yeah. The every, yeah. <laughs> so Dennis is the guy in the office that if anyone has an, an issue, like if any of the girls is emotional or sad, I feel like I, they come to you. I wouldn't they say do. that. You're the most accessible person. Like you always have if like they, your office is open. Yeah. If people need something, they come to me. But a lot of times I wouldn't say emotionally. Like, I feel I'm, like you end up in conversations, especially with the girls on the team, when they're upset with something, but they're too nervous to bring it up to me, they come to you. I don't know. 
Yeah. You you could say that. I I <laughs> I would disagree. <laughs> well, let's go to some questions. So, um, people are asking. Okay, I, I uh, before we had the baby, I shared a few Instagram posts about our our story of how we met, like a couple of posts strung together, and then I got too pregnant and I didn't have the time or energy <laughs> to finish. Um, but people ask the story of how we met, and I wanted to share something really funny. When we got married three years ago, please let's not forget our wedding anniversary. I would that would. Yeah, we forgot our, our seven-year like relationship anniversary. We forgot because we were so deep into baby. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to forget the wedding anniversary. But when we got married, we had this little booklet that shared little stories of every person that was at the wedding. It shared stories about um, you know the schedule for the weekend and what we were doing, where we are, where we were, and all that stuff, the menus and things. And then in the back, we had like the love story told by Rachel, and then we had the love story <laughs> told by Dennis. And the funny part is that those stories they were kind of different yeah do you do you have it here because i i can't remember what we wrote i remember clearly it went something like you know my version is very romantic and very like i knew the moment i saw him like he was special <laughs> and yours said something like this super cute girl walked in the shop and she wasn't wearing a bra <laughs> yeah that's true you weren't <laughs> the shirt was white too And then what happened? Do you want to tell like a short version of your story? Um, yeah, you were you were on vacation with your family, with your dad and your little sister Emily, and you happened to walk into the store, and your dad is like quite young. He's only like what twenty two, twenty three years older than you. So in Aruba, when I, I was working at the surf shop, I was managing the surf shop back then, and uh, we we get a lot of like older men coming with younger girls and they're married they have a family and you you tend to be respectful of that so like when Rachel came in yeah she was very she is very beautiful she came with her dad but I was trying not to give her any attention I was just trying to be respectful to the dad which I thought was the husband so I can That's make my so sale bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah they were there forever and At the end of the at the end of the sale, they uh, maybe 30 minutes after the dad introduced me to the daughter, kind of like giving you away on a silver platter almost. <laughs> I remember he was like, "Rachel, didn't you wanna didn't you wanna go surf? This guy can teach you how to surf." And I was like, "Oh my god, just shut up! Like stop talking!" <laughs> I was so I was so embarrassed, but it was good because I was nervous to talk to you, and somehow my dad broke the ice. Yeah, it was it was good. And then, of course, I gave you another Dennis's <laughs> phone number, not my phone number, to take <laughs> surfing lessons. Yeah, I remember that. You were like, yeah, there's this actual surf instructor on the island. Here you go. He's, his name is also Dennis. And you gave me his number. And I was like, oh. And then two minutes later, you were like, oh, but I could take you. Yeah. <laughs> Very smooth. <laughs> I try to be as smooth as I can. <laughs> no, but, uh, and then... Uh, Yeah, I felt it felt like you're flirting. I I'm not so good at I guess flirting. <laughs> so it felt like you're flirting with me and then uh, all of a sudden you left and you never called because I had no way of contacting you. And uh, the only way for us to reconnect is like if you made the next move. And uh, you didn't like for at least 10 days and then you kind of came back when you're almost about to leave the island. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I mean, uh, I know what happened, but... <laughs> well, yeah, you, you came back and you're walking around and you didn't buy anything. Or maybe you did, I can't remember that. But then 
you didn't give me any attention at all. You weren't even looking me in the eye. You weren't even. I was nervous. Everybody was staring at me. Yeah. <laughs> it was not not easy. But then, as you walked out, you looked back and smiled. And then my boss happened to be there, and I was talking to my boss. I'm like, "Can you believe this? Like, can you see what this girl is doing? Like, doesn't give any attention, but then she's just like she's just trying to uh, fuck with my uh, emotions like that, or not my emotions, but." Like she's playing mind games, basically. And it was maybe 30 minutes of closing time. And then my boss was like, go, go after her. And I ran after you. You were going to sit to this like Tex-Mex, uh, like, how do you call it? Like this very... Like a little cantina. Like a like Mexican... A little, like a Mexican-American, uh, yeah, very touristy place. And as you guys sat down, you and your little sister, I asked you if you wanted to go surfing. And then you said, yes, we drop your little sister off at the hotel <laughs> i think she was like what eight she was like eight years old we, we stopped in the lobby of the hotel i was like run emily run go to the room <laughs> super responsible and then yeah there was uh, good waves happening that normally doesn't happen at that spot particular break and we went well i went surfing you were just chilling on the beach and then we went for a date <laughs> we went for thai food we went for Thai food. I remember you came out of the water and you were like, so you're hungry? You want to go eat? I was like, yeah, where should we go? And you were like, uh, Wendy's? And I laughed out loud. Like, literally, I thought. <laughs> I thought it was a really good option. <laughs> little did I know you were a little rich girl that only wanted to eat at nice restaurants. I only wanted to eat organic <laughs> vegan food. And I was like, Wendy's, haha, that's so funny. You're such a funny guy. And he was like, uh, yeah, just kidding. Totally just kidding. Uh. <laughs> and the funny part is for, well, maybe not anymore, but uh, 15 years ago, Wendy's, McDonald's, those are like the, the American restaurants that came to the island, you know, so it's exotic for us <laughs> i know it was a big deal i mean don't people still take their kids for like sunday dinner to mcdonald's oh yeah for yeah. sure island island life. if you go to the town i'm from in the middle of the island santa cruz uh yeah it's there's a kfc a wendy's and a mcdonald's oh no not a wendy's but there's like three of those fast food chains and every sunday it's filled with family having a nice <laughs> sit down dinner, dinner there yeah <laughs> Life's different here. <laughs> yeah. But we can loop back to that. But then after that, so I think we had five days or something here. It wasn't that long. Yeah, you extended your stay. Your dad actually helped you extend your stay because he liked me. Yeah, what is up with that? So every boyfriend I've ever had, my dad hasn't just disliked, but like actively hated. Like really, really, really never liked any of my boyfriends. And then with you, he just fell in love. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was weird for me too. In Aruba... Like the, the dad of the girl does not accept any, it's a little old school here, you would say. You kind of have to ask the dad's permission just to go on a little date to take a girl to the movies. Uh, or you really have to be very, you have to sneak around. So for me, like having a, like a girl's dad actually be nice to you was kind of a, a mind, game, mind game on its own. For, <laughs> I thought I was being tricked into something bigger. <laughs> But it worked out. Still, yeah. you're you're my dad's favorite person, I think. Yeah, we have a good relationship. Yeah, thank God for that. <laughs> but then five days and then I left. Right? I remember thinking, I really, really liked you. Like, it was really intense. But this was Aruba. I didn't know anybody. I was never going to come back to this Caribbean island. And I had my whole life and everything. In, yeah, you were going in Costa Rica. back to Costa Rica to visit your boyfriend. <clears throat> and you had a girlfriend. 
I don't know what you're talking about, but I remember you went back. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> you had to go back to your boyfriend in Costa Rica. Okay, I had a boyfriend I was trying to break up with for a long time. You had a girlfriend who you did not even disclose. Well, we, we were both in the... Complicated. We both had prior engagements. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a, I, I had a girlfriend. Uh, she was based in New York. Um, I, for me, it wasn't as serious as it was for her. I think she's a very wonderful girl. And you're actually friends with her now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I met your boyfriend, too. In Portland. We're all just a happy family. Yeah, everything kind of worked out. Yeah. Maybe not in the not from the get go, but uh, everybody accepted our relationship pretty easily afterwards. Yeah, but I didn't know. Like when I came back, so okay, so I went to Costa Rica. I broke up with a boyfriend, and then two weeks later, I was still going on and on about this guy I met in Aruba. My best friend was like, "You should go back and just see what this is like." And then I went back, and I came here. And you still had a girlfriend in New York that you still did not tell me about because you thought. Didn't we talk about yeah, No. No. Because you didn't know, you thought I was this hippie girl who you didn't know if I was going to stay. You didn't want to break up with the other girl in case I would take off. You were like playing it safe, like a douche. Yeah, that was my, that was my douchey part of my douchey period for sure. <laughs> I never, I was always in relationships growing up. I had maybe uh, two girlfriends. And then you, and that was it. And uh, and then I had one little, maybe uh, a four-month to a six-month period where I gave zero fucks of what was going on. <laughs> and that's kind of when you met me. Yeah, a little bit. But it I was, was very, I was very, I felt like I was very honest with you. I felt yeah, like we like said that we had douchebags one-on-one. Like I told you, you're a tourist. I'm here. We had a very nice fling, and like I don't. Like at the moment, like I guess we were very crazy about each other, but we didn't know that we were gonna see each other again. I mean, we were very honest with that. I no, felt. no, no, we didn't know that. Yeah. You did tell me that when you dropped me off at the airport that you waited outside the gate because you thought I was gonna come back. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but I didn't come back then. No. no, but then two weeks later, I came back and I had broken up with a guy, and I told you all of that. And then a week in or something, I think your girlfriend in New York found out that you had some random Swedish girl living with you. And she called you furious, and that's how you ended up breaking up with her. That's I was the braver person in this separation. Something like that maybe happened, and then she <laughs> called, and we mutually agreed that it might have not been a good... Was there any yelling involved? <laughs> not from both parties. <laughs> I guess it was an amicable split. <laughs> I guess so. But the, the fun thing is, I guess it wasn't easy. We had these complicated, you know things going on but then I think a year or two later I ended up meeting her she's super cool we're all yeah. super cool now you ended up meeting my ex-boyfriend who's also super cool everybody's everybody's good right now we're all yeah. Facebook friends yeah <laughs> that means that we're solid that means that we're solid <laughs> but it's funny I mean you know there's that saying like when you know you know I mean it was kind of like that it was it was very easy it was like we knew each other for forever but we didn't yeah it, it was really yeah it clicked it clicked. It was very easy. And is it still very easy? Well, now I have to fight with you every day so I can go running for 30 minutes. <laughs> that was a question we got through social media. So Dennis is training for Ironman right now. And uh, two guys asked, how in the world do you train for Ironman when you have a tiny little baby at home? 
and a very demanding wife. <laughs> you are listening to From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. The amount of photos I have would not fit in the largest library in the world, especially now since I became a mom. Are you like me? Do you have thousands of photos living on your phone, but not a single one in an actual picture frame on the wall? Now you can take your precious memories out of your phone and put them onto your wall with FrameBridge.com. FrameBridge is super easy to use. Just go to FrameBridge.com, choose that perfect frame or let the designers help you decide. Upload your photo from your computer or even directly from Instagram and then place your order. That's it. You'll receive your beautiful piece in days, not weeks, delivered straight to your door, ready to hang. You can even mail in a photo or artwork for free. Framebridge.com is affordable with prices starting at just $39 and it's guaranteed free shipping on all orders. The frames are made of the highest quality materials that will never shatter and will protect your photo from damaging UV rays. Our photos carry life's most beautiful and important moments. Bring your photos to life in your home in a whole new way. Go to framebridge.com and use my code YOGAGIRL for 15% off of your first order. That's framebridge.com with the promo code YOGAGIRL for 15% off your first order. Framebridge.com, promo code YOGAGIRL. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. So just imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have always loved learning languages. I speak four fluently. They're so interesting. And I've even noticed that sometimes the language you speak can influence pieces of your personality. Learning my husband's native language made us understand each other on a whole new level. Now Babbel has gifted me my own account and I can't wait to dive in. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you actually start speaking a new language. It's designed by real people for real conversations. And their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help you improve your pronunciation so you can get prepped and confident for real-world conversations. Just 15 hours with Babbel is equal to one university semester. Overall, they have more than 13,000 hours of learning content, and you can browse more than 20,000 courses offered every month. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash yoga. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash yoga, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash yoga. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, we took a little little break to... <laughs> To, to bring the baby outside. No, so how do you find time to train? Uh, well, to begin with, I don't have the... I don't do the full Ironman training. I Because I, when you're training for Ironman, you, kind of, you have to buy a plan or you need a coach or you need, you need guidance. You don't just train. You, you don't just, just run a little bit and then do You just don't run a... and then go try to so do So for people race. that don't know, what, what is Ironman? Uh, Ironman is a... I guess back in the day in Hawaii, they uh, they call it the ultimate ultimate race. If you can finish the Ironman, if you can swim for three point eight kilometers, almost four kilometers, and you can bike for one hundred and eighty kilometers, and you can run a full marathon afterwards, you're you are the Ironman. You can. What's that in miles? 
that's a good question. I don't know, like a lot. Two point five <laughs> miles swimming, uh, hundred and twenty biking, and a whole marathon. What is a whole marathon? Yeah, I, a lot of miles. <laughs> yeah. So how long does it take to complete? Well, it it all depends on how you are. They give you about eighteen hours, depending on the destination. They give you about eighteen hours to finish the race. Eighteen one eight one eight eighteen hours to finish the race. If you're a pro, you're breaking the world record. You can do it under nine hours. Uh, normal people do it around twelve to fourteen hours. I would What say. are you expecting for you? Because you're doing it in Sweden this year in August. I'm doing it in Sweden, and because I don't have the freedom to train as much as uh, an, uh, <clears throat> an Ironman would have hoped, <laughs> I'm just going literally to finish it. So I'm only going for the endurance. So I'm. I bought like the the most basic training there is out there like the ironman for beginner which uh, which is about uh, four to six hours training a week and for ironman that's very little so basically i do i thought it was supposed to be 20 hours a week or something like that if if you're if you're going to set a good time if you're going to set like a, a sub 10 hour time or a sub 11 hour time it would be like that so what you're saying is i'm lucky you're only training six hours a week Well, you were both compromising a lot. It's not six hours a week, by the way. It is. Like your really long bike rides on Sundays are like four hours. Yeah, but I ride the bike for three hours. By the time I get back home, five hours passed. So you, I'm away from home for six to five hours. So you feel like I'm training for six to five hours. But in reality, I'm only on my bike for three hours, maybe. Hmm. But um, yeah, I... Yeah, it's mostly in the weekend I train a lot. In the week, it's uh, half an hour, an hour here and there. But it's going, I mean, we, we've we've kind of made this deal. So the deal was, because you're training now, we have a tiny little baby. I said, I'm cool with this for as long as it works. So if we would end up in a place where the baby is just going crazy and I feel alone going out of my mind, then ideally you wouldn't continue. But so far, it's going really well. Yeah, I think we have a fair thing going on you get to do yoga every single day i take every care of the baby in the morning and then uh, at about sunset i do my uh, training for an hour and then we're back home we do our routine we we, we bait the baby we bait the little luna and yeah I, i for me it's working well it's depending the mind the state of mind you are in sometimes i feel you panic too quickly with the baby too I know I do. <laughs> the thing is, we had those days when she was crying, like, insane amounts. And it, I don't know, it really lingered with me. So for me, the fear of you not being home, and then what if she would have one of those nights where she just doesn't stop crying, and I'm sweating, and I can't even, like, go pee without, <laughs> you know, then it's not so fun to be home alone. No, and But she's, she's not doing that anymore. She's only eight weeks old as well. Um, all my friends, most of my triathlon buddies, they're they're all dads already, and they all say like the first three months are the hardest. After three months, you have your routine. It doesn't get easier, but you have your routine. You you understand uh, better, and if the if like the baby cries, you're you're not losing your mind. So I think we're I think we're doing pretty good. And the training just started, by the way. I'm not doing this. <laughs> It literally just started in May. I gained 13 kilos since my last half Ironman. So basically, Dennis and I almost gained the exact same amount during pregnancy. Yep. <laughs> Except you gained your weight in half the time that I gained mine. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I gained it from the end of uh, October, you would say. 
Yeah, so and I got pregnant in May. So you got okay, literally yeah. half half of the pregnancy. Yeah. I gained 17 kilos. That is gained 13. Mine kind of went when, the, when I had the baby. <laughs> I'm still hanging around the same. I think it's all muscle weight, to be honest. It's all muscle weight. It's, all, it's your eight pack. <laughs> but um, no, I'm I'm, even though I don't say it a lot, I am really excited that you're training. I'm really proud of you that you're doing that. And I'm going to be there at the finish line, you know, hoping that you get to cross the finish line <laughs> Crawl over the which finish i know i know i know that you will but yeah having a, a tiny baby it's not a walk in the park like i don't know i feel like we were yeah i asked you the other day do you feel like we were equipped and you know prepared for the birth yeah and you said hell yes super prepared but we were not prepared to have a baby <laughs> yeah we were, i was not prepared to be a dad at all i still feel that i I still feel that I'm not a dad, to be honest, even though I'm with uh, Leia every single day, every morning. I feel like I have the morning shifts and you have like the evening shifts mm -hmm. and uh, we have a really good thing going on, but I, it, it feels surreal. I don't feel like I'm a father. Like, yeah, I can hear her cry actually. In, I can in the hear cafe. her cry right now in the cafe. My heart goes like, oh shit, should we pause the podcast? Okay, let's give it more than 10 seconds. <laughs> No, but I mean, it's a different thing. I feel that that's what they say, right? So women become, you become a mother when you get pregnant because you already have, you're carrying the baby for that long. And then the yeah. dad becomes, man becomes a dad once the baby's here. Yeah. But also she's so, yeah, she's so attached to me in a way that's, that's you know, because of the boobs and because of um, I'm yeah. her. Yeah. And um, like in the evenings, you could just sit down and have her in your arms and she'll be totally fine. And I can't do that. Like, if I have her, I have to bounce her around. I have to walk. I, I really have to work for her. She makes you work. She makes me work to be happy. In the yoga classes as well, when you're taking yoga and I'm in the cafe with uh, with the Leia, we, uh, we ha yeah, I have to, I really have to work for it. But I see, like, I really feel though when you're not there and someone else, like one of our staffs, try to like play with her, she, uh, she wants to be with me. Like she cries when she's with someone she doesn't know. And then as soon as she's in my arms, she's like quiet again. So I think she, she can, she knows who we are. Like, I think she's old enough to know who, who we are, but if we're both in the same room, then there's no competition. <laughs> no, I know that, but it's getting easier and easier. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also part of my, sometimes I feel like my panic makes everything way worse and yeah. you're so chill and so calm and steady and like, you know, so that's really, really helpful. Yeah, baby girl needs to just cry it out. No. <laughs> we are but, not crying anything out. But for instance, this morning I went to uh, take her pot, uh, her uh, passport pictures because we have to, we're traveling to Sweden in three weeks and it takes two weeks to get your passport done in Aruba. So we oh, have shit. to get it done this week. <laughs> and uh, for a dad to be out with a baby that young, it's very rare in Aruba, it seems. Like everywhere I went, like they couldn't believe that they're like, where's the mom? Why are you with this baby? And it's it's a it's a mentality thing. We're, it's we're a different if, culture. It's a different here. culture. If you were in Sweden, that is totally no, normal. You in see Sweden, the, everybody gets paternity leave and the dads have to take it here. Yeah. The fact that you're like home with a baby at all is kind of strange. Yeah. Even... Yeah, I was sharing this in the, I can't remember if I shared this in the birth podcast, but after we had the baby and so she was born 4.16 in the morning and then at six or something, we were going to the recovery room and you went and paid a little extra so we could have a private room 
and be alone. And then they wheeled all our stuff in there and and uh, were kind of getting us ready. And then they turned to me and they said, oh, and your husband can come back at nine o'clock for visiting hours. Yeah. And I was like, what's that now? <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, this is just for mothers and babies. The dad can come back during visiting hours. And I said, are you fucking insane? Like, I'm not going to stay here. We have a two-hour, one-hour-old baby. You know, and my you know, husband can't be here. And they said, no, but also for your parents, they can't come until nine. And I'm like, yeah. they don't consider the dad as part of the family unit. As part of the birth unit. I as feel. part of the birth unit, because it's yeah. not that common even that the dads are present, as present as you are there for the birth. Yeah, I think that's really weird. And I'm from here and... I don't understand that. I haven't been to the... My mom works at the hospital, but I've never stayed at the hospital, so I don't I don't know Thank how Thank God she helped us. We actually had to call Dennis's mom, and he had, she pull had to call, strings, pull yeah. some strings to make sure that he could stay. And then we ended up just staying for 90 minutes, and then we went home. If you're in a community room where there's four other moms that just gave birth and they need their rest, I, I, I can understand. But if you have a private room and... Just, oh, but it's just a strange thing that they don't consider the weird, dad as yeah. like... You know, like you weren't needed there. Like, you know, it was really... Yeah, leave a, a newly mom scared alone in a room. Right, in I even said, I said, I'm not going to stay. If you don't let him stay, you're literally kicking out a one-hour-old baby. You're kicking us out of the hospital. And they said, okay, leave then. <laughs> and I, oh God. <laughs> it almost got a little heated for a second. But almost a little heated. Almost a little heated. But it turned out, well. Did you feel a lot of, actually, dads or men were asking, how, how did you feel during labor? It happened so fast. Yeah, so fast. It's 24 hours. It's, it's just blue. Nothing yeah. for you. <laughs> no, I mean, like, do you remember minute for minute how that day went? I'm sure you forgot. No, I didn't forget. I feel like it's it's like a haze. Yeah. Yeah, it went by. Like, for me, it feels the same. Like, during, when it was happening, it felt like it was forever, but... Forever. Like, at 6 a.m., it felt that it went by so fast. When we were, like, yeah, when she when was out. Yeah, when she, when she was out, it was, yeah, it went by really, f I feel it went by really fast. But was there a moment during, like, because for me, I was definitely overwhelmed by the pain. Like, I was not prepared for that pain. Where, did you feel like, was it as bad as you thought, or was it? No, I, I thought you did a lot better than than I had expected for you. Uh, you. You have the tendency to check out not check out you have the tendency that if something is gone wrong or if something is not going your way you just your eyes <laughs> they stare i don't know how to explain this on a podcast it's <laughs> you can be candid it's okay <laughs> so imagine a dog hearing the fireworks for the first time you have and you're trying to talk to you're trying to get the dog's attention but it's so scared that it just runs in one direction you have no control over this dog I'm not trying to compare you to a dog physically. <laughs> but in what, what scenarios do I act that way? You mean like I kind of tune out almost, or I get... Yeah, you, you tune out. Um, usually when you're scared, when we're surfing, you're, I feel you're afraid of water. You don't admit this waves, a lot. Waves, yes. You're afraid of the waves. Not water, waves, yeah. As soon as you get one wipeout and you feel like this is done, I can't communicate with you at all. I can, like, you're there, but you're not. So every word I tell you, you don't hear me at all. You're just looking to go to shore. It's kind of like when you pop a champagne and Ringo is in the room. <laughs> Ringo freaks out. You can't get his attention for shit. Yeah, but I know that the feeling is like, okay, sometimes I just tell myself, I can't do this. And then I decide. And no matter how yeah, much you tell me, like, hey, yeah. let's change this or do it this way, you can. I've just decided it's not going to happen. I'm done and I want to go back to shore. You need to be in control all the time, I feel. Yes. You can't let go of 
any control. And with birth, giving birth, I feel like it's all about letting go and all about accepting the situation you are in. And from past, I guess, surfing, you don't accept the situation you are in. You try to control your own situation. And yeah, that, yeah that scared me a lot before birth. But during birth, you're doing really, you're doing really good. Yeah, up until the point where I realized that we weren't progressing. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I decided, okay, we have to go to the hospital because I just realized it's not going to happen here. No one could have changed my mind. Like you were in the shower with me with your clothes on. You were like, you don't want the hospital. It's not what you want. Let's let's try a little longer. And I was like, no. <laughs> you know. But the hospital here was super nice. It was nice. great. It was great. It's like, I don't know where we had that. Uh, I mean, we had 18 hours at home and then like five or six hours at the hospitals. So I feel like we did still did labor at home. I was just nervous to lose control. It was another thing. Mm. I knew if I was home, no doctor was going to kind of sway me toward drugs or toward medication that I didn't want. But that's the thing. Both of us had like a negative spin on a hospital in Aruba. Not in Aruba, but just a negative spin on giving birth yeah, in a hospital. Also, when we went to the hospital, there was no one there. Literally, like if it was yeah. busy, they would have all been kind of pushing us to be quicker or, you know, because they want the room. No one was there at all. And uh, it was just us and the midwife and our doula it was the same as it would have been at home, I feel. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's take a little break to get the baby. Be right back. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. What inspires you to get on your yoga mat in the morning? How about finding inspiration from your actual wardrobe? Yep, I'm talking about your yoga pants. On those mornings when stepping on my mat is the last thing I want to do, I try to put on bright, colorful, happy prints and colors, and I instantly feel a little bit more inclined to move. A fun way to re-inspire your practice is to toss aside those plain black leggings and step into a fresh pair of artist-designed yoga pants from Sankalpa. Sankalpa launched a Kickstarter campaign this morning to introduce their first collection of over 60 pairs of beautifully designed high-performance yoga pants. Sankalpa Yoga Pants features a ton of amazing high-quality prints from artists and yogis all around the world, each telling their own story. Perfect for a vigorous workout or everyday wear, they are a sure conversation starter wherever your day takes you. Made from the highest quality microfiber yarn, it's breathable, quick dry, and super comfy. Each pair is printed, cut, and sewn in Southern California. Plus, a different artist creates each design, and your purchase directly supports the artist behind the print. Give your yoga practice or exercise routine a fresh boost. Go to livesankalpa.com slash kickstarter right now to get an amazing pair of artist-designed yoga pants at a great discounted price. Hurry over before the Kickstarter ends and make sure to take advantage of the early bird discount before they sell out. Go to livesankalpa.com slash kickstarter. That's L-I-V-E-S-A-N-K-A-L-P-A dot com slash kickstarter. K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-E-R. Livesankalpa.com slash Kickstarter. Okay. We have the baby back in the room. Baby's eating. Podcasting with a baby is uh, is as hard as it sounds. <laughs> it's not a walk it's not a walk in the park at all. <laughs> what is uh, what is the most challenging thing about being a dad? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's one of those questions that you put me on the spot and I I don't know how to answer it. Okay, um, what's the turn it around? What's the what's the best part? The best part. That's an equally difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh I, I really like dressing her up. <laughs> like, you do that every day. It's she so has good. a lot of a lot of cool brands send us uh, gifts for her. And uh she has so many cool clothes that 
the part that like this morning when you left to go to yoga we stayed back at home and chilled a little bit and then we had our we didn't we didn't have to rush to come to the studio so we kind of went through all of our clothes see what we're going to wear today what did she didn't wear yet <laughs> so that's kind of cool she grows out of things so fast yeah yeah but um wh what about between you and me it's i guess that the the difficult part would be when we are tired then it's that it's the same time when we are tired that the leia gets fuzzy like her fuzzy hours are when we are like done with the day we are we need to like drink wine and watch netflix yeah we need to drink <laughs> wine and watch netflix or just throw yourself on the couch for a little bit and we can't uh we yeah i don't know that's i guess or dinners we don't get to have dinners together anymore we have to take turns in dinners Yeah, taking turns eating. Yeah. Those things we really took for granted before, like the... Yeah. Because for us, so we, we've been married for three years. We've been together for over seven. And we work together. We run all these businesses together. We spend every day, morning, noon, we're night, 24 hours a day together. We're 24 hours together. And I guess the only time the, when we're not together is like when you are taking yoga or I'm training for the Ironman. Which means it's very healthy for us to do these things. <laughs> so you should be training a little more. Is what yeah, you're trying to I'm say. <laughs> 20 hours, they say. <laughs> But I mean, we do all this together. We travel together and we have a baby. It was very hungry. Yeah, what, what is it like? People ask that a lot because I feel it's, it's not always easy. Or from the outside, I guess people assume it's super hard. You know, how do we find that? We used to be really, really, really good, I think, at at finding the difference between, okay, we're at work, this is work mode, and then we would come home and we would have the, go take the dogs for a walk, and that would kind of be our our line between work and home. Yeah. So we would walk the dogs on the North Shore, vent about like, oh, what was annoying that day, or stuff we need to remember, or kind of get the work out, and then we'd come home, and then we're home. Yeah. So I feel like we used to be super good at that, and then we'd have these, yeah, dinner together every night, or drink wine, or watch a movie, or go out to eat, or you know. And we really took, at least I, I took that for granted because yeah. now we have the baby, and that's when she's fuzzy. So I'm eating, and I'm eating as fast as I can. <laughs> I'm like inhaling my food, and then you're bouncing the baby up and down, and then we switch, yeah. so we don't get that closeness in the evenings anymore. Yeah, I think this is just something that we have to. Um, it will be another month, maybe. Or maybe when uh, Murmur is here, Grandma is here, um, she can take her for a night so we can go off for a romantic dinner again. But it's true, we haven't, well, maybe we're going to sound a little spoiled, but we haven't been on a nice dinner together for at least nine weeks now. Yeah, but I, I think it's normal. <laughs> yeah. We just weren't anticipating it, I think. Yeah. But I mean, we still have our circumstances, I guess, compared to Regular people. We don't really have a regular type situation. Like one, we're sitting in my office right now and I have, my office is connected to the baby room, yeah. which has like a full on changing station and a crib and a rocking chair. We have a baby room at our work. Which is connected to my office. Which is connected side. to your office on the other <laughs> side. Like how, how spoiled is that? We have a restaurant where we work. We have this super amazing cafe with fresh juices and smoothies and salads. And, you know, we get to eat healthy every day just without effort. And we have a huge staff, a big team that supports us. We have family that loves to support and help. Like not everybody has it this easy. 
I, yeah. I think. So when we complain, like, oh, the, we had, you know, tough nights, we probably have it's, have it easier than some other people. It's both. Yeah, we, we're super blessed. I'm not saying that we're not. Uh, we have a really easy, with our work, uh, the way we work. Most of the people in Aruba, like, the dad gets a day and a half off, off. And then they have to go straight back to work. And the mom gets, what, two months off or something like that? Yeah, I think it used to be six weeks. Now it's 12. Yeah. So that's that's okay, I guess. Um, but in Sweden, you get like 580 days. Yeah. <laughs> There's always You're always going to be able to compare something better. That's not it. But 12 weeks, like you were here at week, week five, you were here working because you wanted to work. Right. I was you're, going you're a little missing, crazy at You're home. missing yeah. work, yeah. So 12 weeks for someone, I guess that's kind of good. But most people in Aruba, they have both of their parents or maybe they're a little older or their parents are a little older where the, the, the grandparents, so the, the parents' parents are retired and they help take care of the baby. And to that, we're not, uh, like my mom is still working as a full-time nurse the whole time and she works very hard. So she's also, uh, she's tired and your mom is your mom is 5,000 miles away, <laughs> 5,000 miles away, an entrepreneur. So also needs to work in Sweden. But when she's here, she helps a lot. So when she is here, we have a lot of help. But basically, we, we are on our own. We we have it good. We can bring the baby. We don't have bosses telling us to put the baby in a I mean, if we had crash. a boss and we had to be at work certain hours and like a traditional type job, I would not at week five be stoked to go back to work. No. I mean, we do what we love. We're our own bosses. We yeah. make our own decisions. And that's why we're excited to be here. To be here. Yeah. But I think so far, at least for me, the... Okay, the biggest challenge is when she's sad, I'm still having a, a really hard time coping when she gets super upset. Like, I, it's a personal thing for me. For you, it's it's a little yeah, she, easier. Yeah, I just have to fight it off. Yeah, for you, it's more like a logistical thing. You're yeah. like, baby, like sometimes the baby's crying, she's screaming, and you're done is like looking at her, like speaking like an adult. He's like, baby, what is the matter right now? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what's wrong, I'll fix it. And I'm just like crying in a corner because like, can't take it but I mean aside from that for me that most challenging thing is is yeah the times where we normally would have this time for just you and me like now there is a baby in between and we love her more than anything it's this special yeah. new amazing time but the time of just being you and me is like even in bed like I'm piled up with pillows because I feed all night long so it's like we're not that yeah we're not to, we're not like together yeah in the evenings it's, anymore that's, that's probably one of the hardest things I would say about getting a baby it's like you have to for me i have to let go of my wife i can't be with my wife and that's that's kind of difficult but do you think it will pass well eventually when they're 18 i guess no <laughs> i mean i think that this is just now yeah but it has to be just now we can't <laughs> we can't keep this up forever i mean i'm thinking because she's already getting better at like sleeping a little bit more on her own like tonight she slept like next to me versus on top of me which is a yeah, huge that's big <laughs> step. but you wanted six kids yeah fuck that <laughs> hell no like after we had her someone was like oh you should just make sure you have the second one right away everybody keeps saying that just go for the second one bang <laughs> them out and i'm like dude i think she's an only yeah we're one and done child one <laughs> and done or maybe we adopt the second one nah nah i don't know maybe i'll forget all about 
because for me that the last month of pregnancy was just so hard like so 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 hard i don't i wouldn't want to do it again but they say you forget and then in a couple months maybe i'll be yearning for a baby boy who knows maybe who knows okay so let's go back to some questions that we received through social media. Um, people have been asking a lot about what language we're speaking with a baby. So I speak English. <laughs> you speak English, but that was not the plan. So, broken English. Broken English. I mean, I speak Swedish, English, Spanish, and Papiamento, which is the local language to Aruba. You speak English, Papiamento, Spanish, and Dutch. So between us, we have five languages, which is which is a lot. Your parents speak Dutch to her. Your mom, I thought she would be speaking Papiamento to the baby, but she's speaking Dutch. She's, my mom is speaking Dutch. My dad speaks Dutch. Yeah, my mom is speaking Swedish. And you and I speak English between us. So it's the most natural thing to speak English with a baby. Yeah. But I'm speaking Swedish with her when we're alone. Yeah. But you're not speaking Papiamento with her when uh, you're alone. Today, for the first time, I was when we were out in public and she was a little fuzzy, I started speaking Papiamento at her. It came more naturally. Because you were out in the street. I was street. out, and when I'm out, I speak Pavimento. But yeah. No, but I mean, they can learn all these languages so fast and easy when they're little. So it would be super cool. I would love for her to speak Papiamento English and Swedish, at least. If she grows up here, if we stay living in Aruba... She, she will. Yeah, she's going to be speaking four languages. But I feel no. if we move to Sweden, we have to make an effort for her to speak Papiamento. If... Well, if we stay here, we have to make an effort for her to learn Swedish. If we yes. move there, we have to make an effort for her to learn Spanish. Papiamento and Dutch. Yeah. Shit. So many languages. So here you get everyone. What people don't know is that if you grow up in Aruba, you just get four languages. It's normal. Everyone here speaks four languages. Okay. Here is uh, another question. How do we deal with stress during travels? Very differently. I, I chose this question because, yeah, we deal with it very differently. <laughs> My stress is mostly related to you and traveling with a dog. <laughs> and I feel like your stress is related to everything else. <laughs> like you think everything is personal. Well, only when things go really wrong. The thing is, yeah, you, you're way more, stre more stressed traveling than I am. Yeah. Cause Generally. Because of Ringo. Because of Ringo... Like, I'm very concerned for Ringo's health and Ringo being on the plane. And you're very more chill with that. But then again, I'm the one carrying all the luggages and a dog. And now we have a baby too that we have to experiment with. So normally, you would travel easily with two big suitcases, uh, a carry-on, and then a big purse to put on the carry-on. And midway, you decide that you don't want to carry your stuff anymore and I'm ending up with all your shit the dog my my I, I travel with an empty backpack and then you want to <laughs> fill my empty back, backpack with your stuff and then all the the luggages so it's like getting from the car to the airplane and from the airplane to the hotel it's that's the worst for me yeah listening to it objectively I can kind of see <laughs> how that's true <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you're always nervous that something's going to happen to Ringo, like they're going to take Ringo away. Yeah, because it's out of our power. I like to, I, I also like to have control to a certain extent. But sometimes you come to an airport and depending on someone's mood, they're going to take your dog and put it in quarantine, even though you have all your papers in order. And that's my, that's my biggest nightmare. But it's and never happened. It has never happened. You hear stories. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, then I have to deal with a very hysterical wife too, 
which is the other nightmare I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see how it goes now, because now we're gonna we're, we leave in a couple of weeks for Sweden with Ringo and baby. Yeah, yep. which you still have to book. I didn't book that ticket. You have to well the book. I have the to book tic- Ringo on the flight. Yeah, the tickets are booked. Oh, yeah. You have to let them know that we want a baby bassinet and a and a dog. And we have a dog. Holy shit. <laughs> it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's only only sixteen hours of travel. Yeah, no big deal. Easy, easy. Around peasy. the corner. Yeah. Um what about what about the future? Future stuff. Like could you when you when we met, so seven years ago, and then I came back here to to live or to be with you could you have imagined that this would be our life no i i really thought we would have been probably living in costa rica on the beach in a shack somewhere like like not being able to make ends meet but very happy Hmm. we were happy now don't get me wrong (laughs) yeah I, i always say that that's that's a big difference between between you and me like for you i feel like you could drop all of this in a second and just yeah go live in a shack somewhere and just surf and and drink coconuts and be happy and i have a little more like like i the idea of being an entrepreneur and like making this grow what we're building now i'm more attached to it i think than what yeah. you are yeah. yeah but that's the best part of you i think you're that's my only my only yogi part i guess <laughs> the uh, the art of practicing non-attachment non-attachment you're really good at that Yeah, but I mean, things really took this big turn. So people are wondering also a lot about you and yoga, because yoga was, of course, I mean, it was my thing in the beginning. And I tried to get you to do yoga forever, and you thought it was this kind of girly thing or like a hippie thing and not for you. And then you did find the practice, but not through me. Yeah. Do you want to share share that? Um, Because people ask a lot, like, I'm trying to get my boyfriend to do yoga. Like, he won't do it. How did you get Dennis to do yoga? And I did not get you to do yoga. It was not me. You convinced me to go to a class. Like, I've taken a few of your classes. I didn't enjoy them at the time because I felt it was very female-oriented. Not because of you as a teacher, just yoga in general. And then you told me that there was this male teacher on the island, uh, Brock Cahill. And uh, he was doing his retreat here with a bunch of like normal, normal people. What? When you say normal people, what what do you mean? Non. Non hippies. Non float. Not like put their feet <laughs> on the ground. They're not floating. So when we met, because I was living in Costa Rica, I spent a lot of time at at this intentional community. So we went to Costa Rica, and all the friends that I had that you met were like super hippie. I mean, really on yeah. that end of the spectrum, like. I don't know. I feel like almost fake hippie. I'm not calling your friends fake, but we we met like a, a group of uh, of people that we gave. I remember we gave three guys a ride from the town mm, to yeah, the jungle, <laughs> and you asked them like uh, like where are you from? And they're like, aren't we all from Earth? <laughs> And then it's like, well, where are your biological parents from? Where were they born? They were also born in Earth. (laughs) And then when people don't like talk straight to you, like the other guy was like, "We're from Wisconsin." Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, "Thank you." So when you have people like that, I feel like they're not they're not real. It's it's very fake. It's like it's they're not escaping. I don't know what they're trying to escape, but you can't have a normal conversation with them. And 
I was really mean to them and you were very upset with me because I was well, like, you were really harsh yeah yeah of course if they're gonna not talk straight to me i'm not gonna talk straight to them back yeah no no i mean and i get that now and i mean it's also it's one of my favorite parts of you like you really see through bullshit and there is there are there is a way in the spiritual community that you can kind of put on this this hat of like i'm a spiritual person and i'm more spiritual than you you know like and, being vegan or vegetarian like no, but i mean that comes, people that speak that yeah. way right where you are actually one of the most spiritual people that I know, but you're a no-nonsense no type of spiritual person. I you would I, never consider yourself one. Yeah, ever, I, I'm not. In a I don't. Years. I don't consider myself. No, an because ex- it's just second nature to you. Like your feet are on the ground. You don't have to try really hard. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, it's you. You can be spiritual, but you don't have to make other people feel bad. You can be vegan. You don't have to make other people feel like shame be shameful vegan we have a very um, close friend in uh, boulder whalen he's the most vegan pe- um, person i know but he doesn't make you feel shit if you're not vegan right no, no. i mean and that's how yeah. you make change too yeah yeah you're not gonna get someone to become vegetarian by shaming them for eating meat exactly you, know, you have to no for sure for sure no, but so the the people that you met when we were in Costa Rica, they all did yoga. And so you had this idea that, oh, like this is the type of person who does yoga. Like they yeah. don't resonate with me. And they stink too. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. They, they weren't like showers then at that time. I don't know. I feel like, you know, I was kind of a little hippie girl when we met. Like I had dreads and was barefoot everywhere. Never wore yeah, But a bra. you were normal. You, I, did, I didn't smell, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, you smell pretty good. But I meant, like, what is normal? That You know, everybody's normal's perception is different, but we could have ha- we had normal conversations. Like, you you do all your spiritual things, and I respected it, and you, you weren't trying to get me to try and do all the things you were doing. And we could have normal conversations. We can enjoy each other's company. But there was still something about the yoga part that you, because you took a few of my classes, and my classes were really mellow back then, and they just you didn't you didn't click. No, I I but. just thought it was very female oriented. I thought it was very um, girly. And, and then I, you took Brock's class. I took Brock's class. He was a normal guy wearing board shorts, wearing a tank top, not talking about I don't know, like. I know it was just a normal. You should, if you're in LA and you're a little fit, you need to be fit to take his class. <laughs> and you're a little fit. I, I suggest you take his class, and you can see for yourself what I mean with a normal guy. Uh, yeah, he. I have no nothing against oming in class, or nothing against like talking about chakras or all the spiritual aspects of yoga. Like I don't have nothing against it i i like it in class but he was like a non-bullshit just telling you what you need to do and very charismatic very happy to see you in class very he was just very happy to have you in his class and i think that's important for many teachers to do they just have to be open to receiving whoever comes into your class and and you had never really done yoga ever and you were terrified to go upside down i remember that yeah i (laughs) and he like he flipped you over he's a f- i don't i don't want to speak bad about him he's like five foot four i would say let <laughs> me speak bad about because if you if you tell someone is shorter than he actually is well, they're gonna not a bad thing no well, he's not a tall guy yeah. he's not a tall guy and i'm like i'm almost a as really big as Shaq, guy. <laughs> shaquille o'neal i'm huge uh not like just 
awkwardly big, like awkwardly tall. And he just held me upside down. I, I'm sure I weighed three times his size. And I have a phobia of heights and a phobia of being upside down. And, uh, and he, yeah, he helped me get through that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was a big, it was like an epiphany in class. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah, no, bo both Brock and Krista Cahill have super inspiring practices and teachings. So if you're in LA area, you can go check them out. But I, I really kind of, I, ma I make an effort to always share that when people say, how did you get Dennis to do yoga? Like, I did not get you to do yoga. You had to find your own teacher, your own way, your own yeah, inspirations. If, like, it had nothing to do with me. If I could give an advice out there for the girls trying to get their guys to go to do yoga, is find a normal non-hippie-looking teacher and then let them take the class, preferably alone, where he's not self-conscious because the girlfriend is there. Yeah. And then maybe he'll like it, maybe he don't. And if he doesn't like it, don't force it. Don't force try, it. Try again yeah. in six months or a year, maybe. But no, it is important to, to find it in your own. But then you did a, you did a teacher training. Yeah, I did one in Mexico. Um, that you really liked. I liked it. It was the most spiritual teacher training out there. That was the funniest thing ever. So Dennis was trying to choose between all these trainings. And I knew because he was practicing a lot. You were really into the physical part. Like we were yeah. doing like 6,000 Navasanas a day. Like we were so into the body. So I knew like, okay, for a teacher training, you need something more. Uh, you need to learn about the philosophy. You need to learn yeah. about the energy. You need to learn about, yeah, the spiritual side of yoga meditation that you were really shying away from. Um, but I also didn't want to push you to one of those crazy ones. So I was recommending really like solid trainings and you were like, no, that's too hippie. No, that's too like, you know, woo woo. We can't yeah. do that one. And then you chose one for yourself and it's the most, it's the hippiest, the hippiest one. training I have ever heard of in my it's entire a life. It's a little commune in, uh, <laughs> in Mexico where it's generations where the, the dad, the son, and I think now there's even a grandson, like they're all running this uh, teacher training. But there was hours of meditation and satsang and every, sharing. Every and day there is at least two hours of meditation and two hours of satsang and chanting. And it was it was everything I everything really you hoped didn't not want. to go to. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how the universe works. Though. Yeah, it was nice. I really liked it. I would I would definitely recommend that training again. It's called... Um, the Yandara one with a Y. Yandara with a Y, if anybody's yeah. into it. Now we have our own teacher training at Island Yoga that we're announcing this week, finally. 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 But uh, anybody who is yeah into going to Mexico or feels uh, called for that training, it's called Yandara. Um, but then you, you taught yoga, like a lot of yoga. I was teaching a lot. I was teaching... When you were getting, when you were changing from Rachel Brayton to Yoga Girl, when you were getting a little <laughs> famous, when you're transforming, <laughs> um, I took over almost all your classes. I was teaching because I was traveling a lot. Yeah, I w you were traveling. I was staying. I, we had a shop, uh, or I had a shop. Uh, skate shop. Skate shop. Salad. Skate shop. Hence the name Dennis from Salad. Um. I took over almost all your classes. I was teaching, what, 20 classes a week at a, lot, at a point, a like for six months straight. And that helped a lot. Teaching at a resort, you get the complete beginner to very advanced students in the same class. So it really helps you to to work on the, to help people with their alignment and try to teach a safe class so you don't kill the 60-year-old, but still trying to entertain the 20-year-old right. in the same you class. You grew a lot in that time, yeah. Yeah, that helped a lot. 
And I'm not teaching anymore, though. <laughs> I know, and you say that with a smile. Yeah, so, so the, the, yeah, everybody here at Island Yoga is just waiting for that dentist to start teaching again. It's like super requested class. People freaking love your teaching, but you don't want to teach right now. And I'm not trying to force you. No, you're not trying to passively force me at all. No, not at all. <laughs> but for me, I, I like teaching till a, a certain extent. And here we have it a little busy with the building being new. And I feel a teacher should be in a space where they can lead a class and you have to practice what you preach. Like, I feel like if I would be teaching now, I will be not practicing what I preach. I'm telling people to do things that I'm not doing myself. Because you're not practicing right now. I'm not practicing at, almost at all. I want, I want to practice more. But also, uh, yeah, you're telling people to like live a certain lifestyle. And if you're not doing it yourself, why should you be in the front of the class and then you're just a hypocrite i feel oh it is a good point i also know that if you would start teaching again you would automatically start practicing more so it goes both ways yeah. but all in good time i'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna force you to do it everybody go on instagram and tell dennis to start teaching again come on do it do it <laughs> passively though passively yes casually we even get requests for you to go on 108 and teach online yeah, that's that I don't never agree. gonna happen yeah that i don't agree at all <laughs> I feel like the caliber of teachers we have on 108 um, and then to have me there, it's it's just... Night you always sell yourself short though. Your class is my favorite. Yeah, but we have... Most of our teachers there have 10 years of experience teaching and then you're going to have me in there. I've, just because few of your fans want to see me, I, I, I don't feel it's right. No, and that's okay too. But you are a better teacher than you think you are. Maybe. Let's see. Let's see where <laughs> it goes. We have a retreat coming up at the end of the month. It's our first retreat with baby. When daddy will be babysitting. Daddy will be babysitting. I'm a little nervous about it, but I think it's going to it's gonna go well. But looking at where we are now and kind of everything we have, do you have a, do you have a dream for us for where we'll be in five or ten years, like a future? No, I, I feel that we're living the dream. Like... <laughs> If we're living like we're living now, I'm, I'll be super happy. If we're living half of what we're living now, I'll, I'll still be super happy. Uh, I just hope that at the end of the month, all of our employees can pay their bills. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only wish I have, I guess. For us not to go bankrupt. And for uh, yeah, not for us. Be okay. I just, that's my, uh, I guess that's my only fear at work is that one day we will get to a point where we can't pay salaries and not that we're near that at all now but but this is a huge thing that we kind of we talk about a lot so yeah i shared this in the the podcast i think episode two about manifesting abundance so i'm like the the dreamer and the kind you of you reach for the stars and you put my feet back on the ground it's i don't know it's both so you are you are the impossible like you make the impossible possible so I, I always see the negative first. I always see the, how do you say, I, I'm, I'm the realist. But you look the, for the worst case scenario so I we look, can protect. Yeah, I look for the real, um, worst case scenario so we can make sure it never happens. But that's also the reason why you don't, you don't take off. That's also a reason why you stay where you are. You don't. If you only see the obstacles. Yeah, you don't, you don't take the risks and you don't see those at all. You only reach for the stars. You only go. And in 99%, of the time you prove me wrong you make the impossible possible what's the one percent <laughs> when have we failed 
I would. I can bring a list for you. Just give me a second. <laughs> I, I, I'll give you a second. I want that list. I mean, every time we go for something that's a little crazy, like it's never, you know, we never had anything bad happen. It's never not. It's never failed us, really. But no, it, it never failed us, to be honest. But yeah, that's the difference. I, I guess that's why we're a good team too. Uh, the thing is like you you reach for the things as they are like up in the air you get them down to us and then us the rest of the team have to make, maintain it <laughs> yes <laughs> and the main maintenance department that's that's pretty difficult that's pretty difficult yeah I mean yeah. it is and we're taking more risks now than we have before and the thing is we didn't it's not like we sat down and we thought okay like let's make a business plan to start an online yoga platform or to build the biggest yoga studio in this part of the world or to do X, Y, Z. It's just kind of ideas that I have or things I think we can make possible or that would be amazing. And then I kind of make it happen. And then all of a sudden it turns into this big thing. So now we yeah. have like 30 plus salaries to pay every month. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's a, yeah, there's some pressure there, right? We have to, Yeah. we can't just take off and live in a shack on the beach right now no, without it's... letting a huge team of people down. Like, I guess almost all of them are older than me, but um, it's like having it's like having kids. You need to make sure that they can eat. <laughs> you have to make sure that there is a roof over their heads because uh, at the end of the day, if they're not fine, we won't be fine. You know, we need, we need to take care of our own people first. Is that your biggest fear? Uh, as a business owner, yes. My... My biggest and probably only fear is to make sure that everyone in the team is solid. They can, they have the means to take care of themselves. Mm. Not that we have to baby them or anything like that, but they have, we, they have what they need to be able to survive or to live. Yeah, and so far so good. I mean, the so team far, is growing. So <laughs> we're right now we're looking to hire five more people to the local team here. So, yeah, so if you have an Aruban permit. <laughs> <laughs> Only for Aruban people. We get so many uh, people asking to come work for us from different parts of the world. But here at Island Yoga, you have to be a local. Yeah, so last question. Do you want more kids? Are you asking me now or in general? <laughs> How about both? Are you trying to get me drunk and... <laughs> and go take advantage of you in the back? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. But yeah. You always wanted two slash three. No, I always wanted two. But you would... I wanted a girl first and a boy second. Like, that's... And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But that was, for me, the the dream. Like, you always had Leia, um, like, the name from young. You, know, you knew that when you have a baby girl, it's going to be named Leia. And I feel like I have that with a boy. But I, I, I didn't want to have a boy first. I kind of wanted to have the girl first because it's very stupid. But here, everybody knows each other. You're in a small island. If you have a boy first and then a girl maybe one year younger or two years younger, all the friends of the boys are going to eventually date that young girl. <laughs> and it's going to be impossible for that boy. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe you thought that far ahead. <laughs> so you want the girls to be a little older, like two years older, and the boy be a little younger. And probably when the boy, when the girl's fifteen years old, maybe she'll date a, a seventeen, eighteen. Is year old Leia boy. Luna gonna have a tough time dating? I don't know. I am a Reuben. Uh, we'll see. 
like the Reuben culture is to treat the boy really shitty. The, not your your own boy, but the guy. I mean, you climbed fences and stuff. Hidden closets <laughs> at my ex girlfriend's house. Like, I hope her dad is not listening to this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it's that's how it is when you're when you're young here in Sweden. If you're 15 years, 16 years old, you can sleep over at your boyfriend's or girlfriend's house in Holland too. But in Aruba, I have friends. They're 30 and they're they living at home they're living at home with the parents which is not it's very normal cultural normal. Aruba but they don't live with the boyfriend until they are married they have to get married and then they move in together uh, one of my soccer buddies he's a little younger than me still but he 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 had to wait till to get married with his girlfriend for a lot of years before they can actually sleep over at each other's place or like live together that's such a contrast from Swedish yeah. culture. It's very old school here. So, so for me, Leia like, should. You're saying we should move to Sweden if she wants to date, or are you going to be the same no matter where we are in the world? I don't know. Uh, it's it's uh, this only time will tell. Like I don't feel like I feel she has to experiment and do her own thing. Uh, but then again, I. I am from Aruba. I do have the Aruban blood in me, so I don't know how I'll act at that moment. We'll have just have to wait. <laughs> I have a feeling like you're already like, you're going to be the cool parent, the fun one. You're going to be the Phil Dunphy, and I'm going to be the Claire Pritchett. <laughs> like, we already know that that's the case. But maybe in the dating... In the like dating, it get, might be different. I might be the cool mom who, like, lets the boyfriend come over. and Yeah. And you'll be outside with a shovel. <laughs> waiting to do some damage because <laughs> you like just imagine where you were when you were 13 years old what you did oh hell no you don't even want your sisters to be doing those kind of things no 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 no. but i feel like you and i not saying we're going to be better parents than our parents like of course <laughs> not but i don't know but we we were both very independent from young like i yeah, i was 13 drinking smoking like yeah i was about. 14 drinking and and smoking too i don't want that for our baby girl but skating like i would go to school on friday and come back home at sunday night and we would just be skating and yeah vandalizing you took a year walls. off school when i was 14 i took a year off school you just decided for yourself i i quit school i didn't even quit school i just didn't go anymore i started teaching windsurfing for that semester or two semesters. And then when I came back, all my grades had like gone down because if you don't officially quit school, you get like once, I guess that's like equal to an F. And then at the end of the year, you get a, your, your report card with everything fully down. So they had to, we have the Dutch system that if you're going to a high school and you don't have your type of grade, they just send you to the worst school there is so they had to kick me out of that school and go to like a very low educational high school and i had to work my way back up i cost me three years of my life to just get back to the same level but yeah it's do you regret that not at all you i mean would you let leia do that if she wasn't she was 14 and she said hey i don't want to go to school anymore i mean now there is you have to go to school yeah now there's a law there's a law they're obligated to school when i I was 14 no there wasn't. But if there was no law and she said when she was 14, hey, I don't want to go to school. I want to teach windsurfing. Probably, I want to teach yoga for a year. <laughs> probably not. Maybe. I don't know. Like we are both, I think from our all our staff, I think we're the least educated people. In our, <laughs> on our team, you <laughs> On mean? our team, yeah. 
So neither you. I mean, you did college. I did college. I didn't do college. You didn't do college. Hell no. No, but I mean, I don't know. I like to think we're going to be free-spirited parents, but I kind of know I won't be. I mean, I don't. I feel like, like I will my, be, but not. My mom at the time she was at a, in a place. My sister was three years old at that time, so she she had it tough. So she was like, you know, do whatever you want to do. Don't don't bother me. And I was already since six years old. I was already like pretty independent in the sense of like. I didn't want to go to the like here when the mom, my mom was single at the time, and you 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 drop your kids off to a preschool or to like a like a crash they call it here like a like kindergarten they, kindergarten where they take care of you even when you're older and you go like to an after school family so they take care of you while your mom is still working, and I didn't want to be there, so I was running away from there. So from little already, from six years old already, I was always alone at home, like in my street. It was super safe playing at the neighbor's house, going up and down. So I was always being able to go from place to place without my mom's help. So when I was 14, I guess my mom, to a certain extent, got used to that, to not really having to take care of me, not really having to, not having to worry that I won't get back home or pick me up somewhere. I, I always made my way back home. And I think that had a, probably a lot to do with me being able to not go to school, like go. But I think that in, that independence is also what set you apart. I think. Yeah, and like you are not like a normal island boy, <laughs> so to speak. You're always doing your own thing. Yes and no. Like I'm, and you can see it now too. For me, I think for us, it's going to be very hard. For, or not for us. For me, it's going to be hard. Probably when we're a little older and we need to have dinner at the table all the time. Because I never grew up having dinner at the table. Well, always... when we met, because for me, that's how I grew up. Like every night, yeah. whatever, 6 p.m., you eat around the table all together, no matter what's going on. And then we met, and I, I still have that routine. Like every evening, I like to light candles. I like to make it cozy, cook, yeah. and you eat together. And you never, ever did that. No, for me, eating is just literally eating. It's not a... It's not Like a... you take what's on the stove and you go to your room and eat. Yeah, or I... Or I, wa I can't remember. I was always, I always was working. I was always washing car. I was packing bags in Aruba. You back in the day, or still, you pack bags. You don't get an at hourly, the grocery store. at the grocery stores. Uh, you don't get an hourly rate. Um, you just get the tips from the people you pack their bags for. And when you go to the car, they give you a buck. And I was always working a little bit here, working a little bit there. And Sometimes my mom cooked, sometimes she didn't cook or I didn't want her meal. So I was like providing for me to go to the Chinese uh, restaurant and for four bucks, you can get a, a big dinner. And that's basically how I, how I grew up. <laughs> yeah. uh, always eating when I need to eat and that's it. It wasn't really a, like a leisure thing. It wasn't like a... Like now, going out to dinner, it was a social thing. It's, it's like not, an enjoyable yeah, thing. It's not. It wasn't like that at all. It was just I needed to eat. And yeah, and you still because you really enjoy that now. That part of our oh, life, yeah. like that's the best. You're the connoisseur. Like you love oh, the good wines. You I'm love so the good snotty, food. Though. You're such a little, <laughs> little brat. But I mean, still, like if I am away for whatever reason, which I never happens, but if it does, like Very you go rarely. back, you you regress and you start eating cup noodle soup. I wouldn't say it's regressing. I I think I get nostalgic. Like the 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 one time that we're not together per year, maybe in two years we're not together, I go back to eating 
hot dogs and cup noodle soup and the cheapest and the dirtiest Chinese that makes you like sick food, you know, the, the really cheap yes. one. I go back for that for a week. I feel awful, but it's, it's like taking me back home. We were just watching this movie a few days ago and it's true. The line of the movie said that food is memory. And I, and depending how you grew up, that's, yeah. It's very true. I love you. <laughs> Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> Thank you for, uh, for coming on the show, babes. You're welcome. I think we did very well. Baby's sleeping now. Yeah? Yes. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I have a feeling we might do this again. Would you be okay with that? Yeah, I don't mind. It's the baby, baby shark. <laughs> shark baby. If she sleeps, it's easier. Yeah, right now she's sleeping. But um, thank you for coming on the show and thank you for being on this wild ride with me. Thanks for having me. Big thanks to my guest and beautiful husband, Dennis. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen in and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you're there. Thank you to the folks at Digital Media for their production work. And of course, a huge thank you to my sponsors, ZipRecruiter, Sankalpa, and Framebridge. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.